Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere, MTMV Sports. I'm so geeked. I'm here with the founder and the CEO of the Ozell brand, our sponsor, Mr. Titus, Ozell Golden. How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm blessed. How you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing great. Yo, do me a favor. Tell me about what got you started making shoes. Man, it's just crazy. It's just growing up in a type of environment I grew up in, mother getting robbed and shot, me being molested, me not knowing who I was as a as a person, as a man, birthed something in me. I started looking at shoes as a way out in middle school, and God gave me this dream and gave me this vision, and boom, it birthed. Man, I saw these shoes. They're beautiful, they're high quality, and they're at a, a good affordable price, bro. What went into making the shoes? Man, it's just me thinking about the shoes that I love, the shoes that I desire as a kid. Well, my mother couldn't afford it. So it's like, now how can I create a shoe at a good quality at affordable price for other families who actually are currently going through what I went through as a kid? Bro, I heard you can play two sports in them. Are they soccer and football cleats? Yeah, man, they two sport cleats, soccer and football. See, growing up, I played multiple sports, so it was just like bouncing from transition from different shoe to shoe. So, hey, it's two in one, so it's a good deal. Where can people find these shoes, man? Man, you go to ozelbrand.com, follow Ozell Brand on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but please subscribe on ozelbrand.com, please. Yo, you heard the man, Mr. Titus, Ozell Golden. That's his middle name, yo. Go, <laughs> go out and support this brother. He is doing his thing. Listen, you want to support him. You want to get these shoes on your feet. Look, they're beautiful, remarkable quality, and at an affordable price. Listen, stop what you're doing. Go to Ozell Brand. That's O-Z-E-L-L brand.com today. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. And in the opposite corner, either the bully of Broad Street or the butcher. Just depends on the day and the time. We have the, 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 the renaissance man. The man is on every single show that MTMV has to offer and even shows that aren't on MTMV uh, that have nothing to do with sports. None other than Iron Wildress Ruffin. What's going on, Ruff? I'm feeling good. I, I, I'm i surprised it took you uh, less than 20 seconds to slander me. Immediately How did I slander you? Call me the butcher and we know. I said we don't know whether it's nah. going to be the bully or the butcher. Nah, nah, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna do it this week because you know what? I'm in my brand new hat. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so you, you can't, look, you look can't slander fresh me. and fly. This joint been on, on back order for about three months. I finally got it, you know what I'm saying? So I ain't got to wear the, the Yankee colors no more. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my brother Ryan, but whatever. I'm excited about today. You know what I'm saying? We got some great fights to cover. Voice, how are you feeling? Oh, um, that's a good question. I mean, Am I excited to talk about fights? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, am I a little scared? A little scared and nervous? Yeah, and I'm not quite sure why, but 
uh, I am, and uh, it, it'll subside, I'm sure, uh, as soon as we really get into the meat of things. I don't know why you're scared and nervous. Let me, let me give you your intro, man. This is me. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the man, the myth, the legend, you know, the MTMV curator of combat sports, the voice. You know, he he he's scary voice right now, I guess. So I don't I don't know <laughs> where that's coming from, but we're gonna take him to the wizard and get him a heart. Uh but before no, no, that, I, I, I stay away from all the occult. No wizards, no warlocks, no witches. I'm good on that. <laughs> if, if I get if if I get in their presence, it's gonna be a fight, it's gonna be a spiritual one, and I'm gonna win. For the wizard of ours, the movie? You've never seen No, I'm just talking about wizards and warlocks and witches and stuff. They don't, they don't like me very much. I'm a fan of Harry Potter, but that's neither here nor there. Team Hufflepuff. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get into these amazing fights. Let's go ahead and actually start with someone who's been continuously uh, making headlines recently for some weird reasons. Uh, Kayla Harrison remains in headlines as she prepares for her bout Saturday against Martina Jandrova live from uh, the Copper Box Arena in London. Um, this is actually going to be the semifinals of the PFL round three uh, playoffs. So Kayla has basically dominated her opposition with each fight. Um, some including um, Sonnen. Um, I don't even try to pronounce the, the first name because I can't pronounce it. Never could. Uh, believe that the PFL... Oh, Chael Sonnen. Chael. See, I always say Chanel. I don't know why. <laughs> believe that the PFL <laughs> is holding her back and she release her to allow her to reach her full potential. Um, this is actually coming on the heels of an announced multi-fight deal that was offered to Cyborg to fight Harris. Now, Kayla recently actually stated that this season with PFL may be her last as she looks to compete with better competition and more money. So, boys, how are you feeling about that, and where would you like to see Kayla Harrison go? Well, Kayla Harrison signed a contract with Bellator so that she could fight Cyborg. I felt like that was the best place for her because when it comes to her weight class specifically that's where all of or i should say they actually have a weight class in bellator in the ufc they have the champion amanda nunez and then people who will fight at 145 so that they can challenge her for that title but they don't really have uh, a division they may have literally two fighters on their roster that actually fight at 145 everyone else is a blown up uh, bantamweight that happens to fight at 145 so the competition is in Bellator again she signed with Bellator I can understand her frustration because she's fighting you know squash matches she's going to fight Jendrova and if she does not absolutely destroy her it will be the biggest upset in women's history since uh, Holly Holm uh, delivered the kick her around the world. I know they talk about um, uh, Pena being a, a you know a pretty big upset as well, but it was nothing like that. I mean, oh my goodness, I still remember the uh, place I was went absolutely bananas. This was a sports bar. It's when like I was over somebody's house. I mean, people were. Uh, running on the walls trying to fight people i mean it, it, it was wild it was wild um so yeah again if kayla harrison were to lose to jendrova or to anyone in the pfl mm -hmm. it'd be horrible for her career 
and it will be the greatest upset like in MMA history at, at, at the very least the greatest upset uh, for women um, I get it I get it she wants to be challenged and unfortunately the PFL cannot provide challengers for her they tried and tried again they've made some signings uh, like Julia Bud. Um, I forget the, the other lady but they, they've made some signings but it's just never worked out for them um i know we talked a little bit about this on the fight nights update i believe with uh, don davis jr uh just doing all kinds of of tomfoolery but they i i understand why they have her there she signed the contract so i don't know why the bfl will let her out she is literally their cash cow she is the reason why people sign up, yeah, uh, tune into the PFL mm-hmm. and or even know that the PFL exists. So, yeah, why would you let her go when you can keep making the money? Now, with something you said that doesn't make sense to me is her saying that she can go and make more money. I don't know how that's gonna work. Um, mm-hmm. the only way for her to really make more money would be through a pay per view. Now, if she were to go to the UFC and fight um, fight Nunez then she can make some money on the rematch because she's not going to get points for the first one mm. so she would have to beat Nunez and then they would have to fight again for her to make money she's making a million dollars every year for the past going on like three years now with PFL she's not gonna see that kind of money in other places oh and they had to match Bellator's contract which means that she's getting paid more per fight than um than she was getting paid before yeah uh, I'm I'm doubting very seriously that she'll make more money will she be challenged yes and I think that's what she's looking for at this point she's a millionaire a couple times over she's looking for the challenge but I, I have to ask though like based off the comments that you said is there enough competition anywhere else for her for it to be worth it for her? I mean, if no. she's making a million dollars just by like slapping folks around where she's at, it's kind of like it is where it is. Or does she have to go to uh, does she have to go to WWE also <laughs> like Ronda Rousey if if she wants to be able to continue to make bank if she doesn't want to be with PFL? No, she can make money. You, you said something about competition. She cannot get the competition in the PFL without some kind of of co-promotion because they they one the women aren't out there two those who are are in Bellator so yeah the competition is not there and for, and really for her look at so many other champ or I should say high level athletes in other sports you know they they will play their careers in different places they'll get their money and then they'll take a pay cut to go and play for a championship because they're true competitors this is the situation that kayla is in like i said she's made a million dollars each year for like the past three years money's not really a, a, a question as long as she's been managing it properly and it sounds as if she has uh, so for her, she wants the challenge because these women are not a challenge. They just aren't. And no matter how hard the PFL tries, they can't get someone in there who could be a challenge. Either they fall out uh, due to bad weight cuts 
they get sick uh they don't make the weight at all and wind up not fighting it's always something and she keeps running through these same women that can't do anything for her and honestly if they were fighting in any other league they couldn't do anything I mean that makes sense I guess I'm definitely interested to see exactly how that plays out uh, I know everything that I, I read up was saying that you know she she loves what she's doing but she does want the bigger fights and she does want the, the bigger person so that'll be interesting to see what happens now speaking of competition one person that you can't deny is competitive uh, is Emmanuel Navarrete. Now, he's been a fighting champion for as long as he's had uh, all of his titles. Now, the current WBO featherweight champion is going to be putting his title on the line for the third time when he meets Eduardo Baez at the Pachanga Arena in San Diego on Saturday. Now, was his most recent break between fights was 10 months, but he has had nine world title fights over a three and a half year period. And he's hoping that the fight with Baez can further springboard him into a uh, bigger acclaimed bouts. Now, uh, Baez is no slouch in himself. Uh, he made his debut in 2013. He has a record of 21, two and two uh, with seven KOs. Now, voice, listen, uh, nine world title bouts in three and a half years. I mean, nine world title bouts, sometimes that's someone's total career. Mm-hmm. What do you make of his his goals, and what do you make of this fight? Is, is it a possibility that this fight can lead to bigger fights for him? I mean, as long as he wins, yes. Uh, any fight that he takes could lead to a bigger fight. He just has to keep winning, has to remain the champion, and that's a possibility. The question really is, who is there to face at 126? Um, you know, you, you look at the other champions. You have Josh Warrington. That would be a great fight. You have uh, uh, Ray Vargas. That would be phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, Ray Vargas, Navarrete, sign me up. Take my money, please. Uh, you know, Leo Santa Cruz. That would be, you know, a nice little fight. Or uh, Lee Wood. Lee Wood is you know, WBA. Is want a belt? All right. Uh, you want a belt? All right. You, like you could go get a belt right now uh, and, and just make up a weight class. And they're like, here you go. Just pay the sanction. Um, but Santa Cruz is the super champ. And then uh, Lee Wood is their regular champ. Uh, either way it goes, I really don't know why he hasn't fought any of these people. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Vargas, I want to say, called him out at the end of his last fight you know and then don't let someone from junior featherweight move up you know don't don't let cool boy steph move up don't let him do that don't let uh akmadaliev move up uh-uh don't don't do that because it's not gonna be nice not gonna be nice at all if those things happen uh you know you know or if he were to move up and face shakur stevenson before he jumps to uh 135 so, I mean, again, is it possible? Anything's possible. Um, but everything's possible only based on whether you can win or not. Now, I, I know moving up is always um, 
is, is always a, a, a very important thing because even if you move up five pounds, sometimes it can affect everything about how you how you box. Mm-hmm. Now, if him moving up, can you see him moving up and being successful in those in those major fights, or do you, do you feel like maybe he's not exactly ready yet for that? Um, I don't know if he's if it has to do with readiness mm-hmm. as much as it has to do with skill and power navarrete is a power puncher he's knocked out the majority of the people that he's fought he's got like an 80 percent knockout rate so does that power carry that's the question that's the question that was a question that um teofimo lopez had to answer recently uh in his last fight is would his power carry or not it, do, it did for him in a sense. He wasn't able to go in there and steamroll people as he had before, but uh, with adjustments, he was able uh, to get his opponent out of there. Will Navarrete have that same kind of, of challenge, or will it, he just naturally carry the, the pop? We don't know. Uh, should he... I, I'll say this. If he were to because we, we're not giving Baez like any time <laughs> at all. But if he were to beat Baez, which on paper he should, but fights don't happen on paper. They happen in the ring. And on paper, a lot of stuff should go certain ways. And in the ring, on paper, uh, uh, Teofimo Lopez should not have had a problem whatsoever with George Cambosis. But Cambosis became mm. a, a unified champion. And Lopez went off to lick his wounds. So, again, everything has to happen. And you don't know what's going to happen. So, Baez, can he win? Yeah. I mean, is his experience level the same as Navarrete's? No, it's not. Um, You know, he's had one loss more than Navarrete. Whenever he has lost, it's been against top-level talent. Uh, most notably, he lost to, uh, oh Lord, his name is escaping me, uh, 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 Mauricio Lara, phenomenal fighter, absolutely phenomenal fighter, lost in a uh, unanimous decision to Lara. Should he have been fighting Lara in his, uh, in his like seventh professional bout? I don't know. I mean, it was only a six round bout, so that says something as to where they are where they were in their careers uh, you know but he lost and that was his first loss his other loss was against uh uh Raiz Ali who in himself is a good fighter he's a notable fighter you know they were fighting for a lower belt the uh, WBO and NABO super bantamweight uh title so that's you know just the the regional belts where you fight for 10 rounds and it was a majority decision. Wasn't a unanimous decision. It was a majority decision. So, you know, he, he can hang. And he really, he doesn't get knocked out. But he doesn't knock anyone out either. So, um, uh, that that's going to be really one of the, the biggest questions. Is, will he be able to keep that streak going? Versus... Uh, Navarrete because Navarrete is one of the hardest hitters at 126 
target. So that that's really uh, the question. Will he be able to stand in there with him? He stood in there with Aline, who has stopped 12 of his 19 opponents. You know, so it's not like he hasn't fought heavy hitters before. You know, but Navarrete is a, is a bit of a different beast, though. Well, that's, I mean, it's definitely going to be, be great to see, especially because in effect of, you know, some of the fights that you mentioned that could happen. So I'm interested to see exactly what happens there. But like you said, I don't want to count Baez out. I mean, it is only one one loss that he has. But like I would say, it only takes He's, he's got two losses. But, uh, yeah, I, I knew you were oh, going to say that. Yeah, it, it only takes one. But uh, when you don't knock people out, it's going to take more than one in this case. It's going to take a whole lot. <laughs> well, one person that I know knocks people out is a part of what I believe might be our voices marquee match a bit. So we got the Nigerian nightmare. Usman is going to be taking on um, Leon Edwards mm-hmm. as he actually defends his title at UFC 278. Um, so there's going to be fireworks there. And the bout takes place August 20th at the uh, Vivian Arena in Salt Lake City. It's going to be a chance for Edwards... <laughs> who's coming in with a nine-bout win streak to get revenge on his last loss in 2015. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just going to say the butcher strikes again. No, I I stopped it. I heard it, and I tried to keep going. And, yo, you laughed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The the Vivian. I have a Vivian. For I my home security system, I, I'm I pronounce it. I always do in the moment. Yo, you see, look, y'all see this? We're supposed to be my man, yo, and he just hey. be throwing me out to, to, to roost. It's all good. I'm not even worried you, about you, that. You have your, uh, you got your meat cleaver and the sharpener. I'm, yeah. I'm not even uh-huh. going to. I'm uh, not even gonna keep going. The company is all over the world. Just, just, just like I was up. saying before, I was interrupted by the shiny headman over here. With neither fighter having lost their last meeting, Edwards believes that Usman's body is breaking down and that this is the right time to take him on. I knew that was gonna be your response there too. So, voice, I'm just, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you have it. Okay. <laughs> now, with this being the main event. And being a title fight, uh, those things disqualify it from being the voices marquee matchup. Okay. However, you got a Nigerian. You got one of the three kings fighting. Am I excited about this fight? Do I want to see this fight? Absolutely, I do. I, <laughs> I want to know how Rocky thinks that Maru's <laughs> body is breaking down. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't get that one. You just put that man like that and call him Rocky. That's his. That's his name. His name is Rocky. Oh, Edwards. I know, but but I took that as completely different. Okay, okay. So so share. How how, how did you take me um, calling him Rocky? Because literally, when I think of the, when I think of this bout, and and literally, by the way, it was described when I was reading it. All I think of is Rocky and Apollo. Mm, okay. Who's mine is flamboyant, and the way that they're making uh, the way that they're making this about uh, out to be is literally that Edwards really has no chance, and that he's just talking. You can't say that he has no chance. Mm-hmm. He has a little chance. But you can't say that he has no chance. Usman is a heavy, heavy favorite coming into this. As he should be, because he dog walked him last time they fought. 
And now they're going to fight again when Usman is leaps and bounds better than he was when they fought last time. Not to say that Edwards isn't, because he is, but they've gone really in, in different ways. When they fought the first time, Edwards was a striker. Since Usman has teamed up with Trevor Whitman uh, after leaving uh, the, the gym there in, in South Florida, now known as, as Kill Cliff, uh, he left when he had to fight Gilbert Burns. Once he did that and he hooked up with Trevor Whitman and he started training with Justin Gage. Yeah, we, we saw what happened. Masvidal, who, sh- who should have had the striking advantage, got knocked clean out. I mean, he got knocked out. The water in his hair got knocked out. I mean, every, n- nearly everything got knocked out. The only thing he did get knocked out was his teeth. So, and let me, before before y'all come for me, I'm not saying that Usman is a high-level striker. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that he's gotten a whole lot better with his striking. And specifically, his power has increased. That's what I am saying. With that being the case, coupled with everything else, yeah, I mean, now, granted, Edwards is saying that much of the reason that he was not successful the first time was that he went to aka i mean called the gym by name but it's understandable because of what he went there for he went to aka to develop some wrestling defense if you want to know how to wrestle then you do go to aka that's fair because they, they have everybody they got your uh your daniel cormier's not uh, being the captain they have habib Nurmagomedov. they got all the dagestanis so if you want to work on your wrestling game, that is where you go. But then he told the truth. He was like, I was so focused on, which is why I don't necessarily like him calling out AKA, because it wasn't AKA, it was him. I was so focused on stopping the takedown, I didn't think about my game at all and what I could do. I'm not going to do that, that this time. This time I'm going to implement my game. Okay. That sounds good. Your game includes taking people down. And if you were only focused on staying upright, I'm wondering how that's going to work out. I am. Uh, because really, he mixes the martial arts. Uh, Leon Edwards does. Uh, he, he is a, a point fighter for all intents and purposes, except he's not as exciting as most people would think of when you think of a point fighter. You think of a point fighter, you think of someone like um, MVP. You think of someone like uh, uh, Showtime Pettis. You think of Wonder Boy. You know they're, they're gonna flash in. They're gonna kick you. Gonna you know hit you with something. It's gonna be all all uh, uh, flashy and and spectacular looking. But they also can knock people out. Whereas Leon, he's he's a point fighter, more of a I'm going to fight to rack up points in the judges' eyes so I can win. I'm gonna you know hit you with a couple shots. I'm gonna take you down try to ground upon you a little bit we're gonna get up rinse and repeat that's rocky style i don't know how that works against usman who is a phenomenal wrestler uh you know who who took out one of the the greater wrestlers in tyron woodley and continues to take on and do excellently against the wrestlers i mean both of his fights against Kobe Covington, who, especially because of his cardio, 
is one of the most dangerous wrestlers and fighters out there and he was able to beat him fairly comfortably twice so uh, again does leon have a chance everyone has a chance i just don't know how much of a chance it is and vegas doesn't either which is why usman is such a highly favored fighter in this matchup well, what's, what's uh, crazy about it is when they were speaking with Usman, two things stuck out. Um, first, and I want to get your thoughts on that, is he said that he wants to do something that's been completely unheard of, which is he wants to jump past the middleweight division and he wants to claim light heavyweight gold. Yeah, um, second, he made a statement about his last fight with Leon. He said, listen, I respect him so much. He's a great competitor, a tough guy. He's grinding through it. I've said it before. When I'm in the inside the octagon, I'm the judge, jury, and the executioner. So he said when he said those, when he said some of the things that he said about him, it was just kind of like boom. He said he played his attitude, his mood, his demeanor, and the shove he gave him in the first fight. This man said, I'm still not over it, and I don't feel like I've gotten enough in that first fight. And there's tons of motivation. You won the fight. <laughs> you won the fight, and it, you're still motivated by something that happened. What 2015? Mm. That's gonna be scary. Yeah, that that sounds like um, he needs to listen to one of the more recent timeouts that I did regarding divine forgiveness because he is holding a grudge and that's not uh, that's not gonna help him. Or I should say, in the long run, that's not necessarily gonna help. It, it may help him in this fight because it may fuel him uh, to to do more against Edwards, but that's I mean, if I just whooped on somebody and they push me, and that's still bothering me, that <laughs> honestly that gives reason for balls as far as this fight is concerned, because that means unnecessarily, literally unnecessarily, the Edwards is in your head, and fighting is 90% mental, and if he's in your head for no reason whatsoever because he pushed you after you beat him or even while you were beating him that's that says something that says something scary for the Nigerian Nigerian wow well it's it, I mean it's definitely going to be something to look forward to and, and the undercard is also uh, has an exciting fight on it also and the undercard about uh, Rob the Machine is actually bringing in his seven bout bantamweight win streak to the octagon to face 35 year old Brazilian legend Jose Aldo, where he's currently the heavy favorite. Now, it's his mm. recent comments that have actually been making headlines as the machine has stated that if he wins, he actually plans to move down to flyweight uh, instead of fighting his training partner, who's the current bantamweight champion. Um, voice so we know he's the heavy favorite but do you think that this is smart for him to move down or is this a, a fight that he shouldn't take now I'm not sure uh, what lines you're looking at right now as far as favorites and not favorites but uh, you know just when you said that I was like oh it's a heavy favorite so, yeah they, uh, they said in the last 24 hours it was a huge turn from uh, Aldo to the machine Mm, okay, yeah, because it, it, uh, what I see is pretty much even, mm-hmm. which I think is a bit more right. If it's if the line has moved that far, it's due to the action that the people are putting in, not as much 
a not as much what Vegas thinks is going to happen, but it's a reaction to the action that they're getting. Uh, I think it's a fairly even fight. I mean, Aldo has won his last three fights. He is still absolutely phenomenal, even at his age. And, and, you know, fighting for so very, very long. I mean, you know, from uh, shoot over Brazil to, you know, to, to the WEC and being the king in the WEC, then coming over and being the king in the UFC. You know, he, he's been fighting for a long time, since 2004, nearly 20 years. And he's gotten better in the past couple of years. Mm. You know, like going down to 135, he probably should have been there a long time ago. Let's not forget, the last person he fought was Rob Font. And Rob Font was knocking on the door of a title when he lost to um when he lost to Aldo he he was knocking on the door of a, of a title shot he'd run off four in a row including beating the current Bellator Bantamweight champion in Sergio Bettis and it was like a walk in the park for uh, <laughs> for Aldo you know he he beat him you know with, without any kind of controversy whatsoever now, Marab actually reminds me a bit of um, he reminds me a bit of, of what has been going on in Bellator as of late in their bantamweight division because you have two training partners uh, that are fighting there. Uh, one is a full champ, which is Sergio. The other is an interim champ, which is uh, R- R- Rafian Stotts which this is going to kind of come full circle as well. So uh, Stotts has been playing kind of uh, um, been playing the, 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 the middleman. It's like, you got to get through me to get through the champ. And Stotts has been beating everybody, i.e. he is the interim <laughs> champ now. So nobody's, you know, a few people have been able to get to the champ. And that's kind of what Marab has been doing here in the UFC. Again, kind of bringing things full circle. Marab got his shot in the UFC from a Dana White looking for a fight show. It was a, uh, I want to say uh, a rock show, uh, ring of combat show, where Marab was fighting Rafian Stotts. They were there to see Rafian Stotts, even though Marab trains out of Sarah Longo BJJ. And uh, Sarah was there with Dana for the fight. He just happened to knock out uh, Stotts. And I was like, okay, we'll take him. You know, Stotts was still going about everything on the regional scene. UFC should have taken a shot on. They missed. And uh, their miss was Bellator's great game. Because he's doing wonderful things for that organization. Uh, anyway, so like I said, it's, it's really bringing things full circle. Uh, it will be interesting to see him drop down to flyweight. And see what he could do there. I mean, you got so many killers uh, at flyweight. It, he'd have to go through the the killers to get there. But Marab again is is doing his thing. He's only lost two, really the best of the best. He lost to uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. Obviously, that was not at uh, <laughs> at bantamweight because Volkanovsky is way too big to be at bantamweight. 
Uh, when he dropped down to Bantamweight, he lost to Marlon Marais, one of Marlon's last wins. Uh, and that was a split decision. Then he lost to the now former champ in uh, Piotr Jan. Outside of that, he's beaten everybody. So, um, I'm sorry, that was not uh, <laughs> that was not Marab's list. That was uh, Aldo's list. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my bad. Uh, but Marab again ha- has been uh, he's been beating everybody, with the exception. Of, okay, so he lost to Frankie Science and he lost to Ricky Simone. Those are the only two losses that he's had, and he had those losses. Uh, just after the Dana White Contender Series bout. Since then, he has not lost, including, uh, well, not including, just he, he lost one of them, but he's been also uh, doing Sambo in between things and uh, has only lost once in Sambo in this time. Everybody else he has beaten, uh, as far as uh, MMA is concerned. He's beaten everybody. I mean, you know, beating folks like John Dyson beaten Marlon Marais. He sent Marlon Marais into retirement. He sent John Dotson out of the UFC. So he's been playing legend killer. Will that streak continue when he faces Aldo? That's the question. We'll know when the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. Wow, bars. Well, I mean, that is, it's funny because I, when I was reading up on it, uh, Aldo originally wanted Sterling, and I'm not sure exactly what happened or why that fight didn't happen, but it was almost like he's accepting this fight as a consolation prize was the way that he explained it. So hopefully he doesn't dismiss it and become another victim from what you listed as the legend killer. Cause that's yeah, I mean, well, I, I'll say this, especially with him taking this fight and knowing that Marab really is running interference for Aldo. I, I mean, not Aldo, for Aljo. I don't think he'll take it lightly. Uh, the reason that he did not get the fight, which I would have liked to have seen, uh, but the reason he didn't get the fight is because they gave TJ Dillashaw, uh, which would be a bigger fight. And that's going to be uh, on the October card uh, in Abu Dhabi. So looking forward to seeing that. Uh, and there's a lot of talk about that. Of course, we'll get into that as time goes on. But that's why he didn't get it, because I gave it to Dillashaw, because that would be a bigger fight. Okay, okay. Well, speaking of bigger fights, we have a bigger fight coming up uh, Saturday, um, taking place. It's actually being billed as the Rage on the Red Sea. Anthony Joshua looks to get his revenge and regain his unified heavyweight titles as he battles Alexander the Cat Usyk in a rematch of the 2021 loss uh, that he took in London. Now, this is going to be taking place Saturday at the King Abdullah Sports City uh, in Saudi Arabia. Now, while Usyk continues to make headlines with his beefed-up physique, I want to give you some bulletin board material that Joshua recently provided. He stated, if Alexander wasn't a lefty, I would have smoked him. Now, keep in mind, Joshua was, was criticized last fight for not being aggressive enough and seems to be focused this time around as he, he's looking to hand Usyk his first loss. Um, now, this has a lot of uh, great appeal to it because something that we'll also get into, um, I believe, on the Fight Night Update um, is a possible retiree may also be looking at this fight. So, 
Royce, I gotta ask, what are your thoughts on Joshua's comments? What should we expect from this fight? And should we be expecting someone to come out of retirement and, and have a fight, or are they in retirement? Okay. <laughs> so you gave me three questions, and I will share with you uh, as my mother let me know that she can only ask me two things at once because <laughs> I'm going to remember the first, I'm going to remember the last, and I'm going to forget what's going on in the middle. So the first question was, what do I think of his comments? AJ, uh, though of Nigerian descent, Yoruba, Yoruba brother, just like me. Uh, I love him dearly. Uh, AJ uh, was born and lives in the UK. And over across the pond, they will call a statement like that poppycock. What does him being a lefty have to do with you smoking? You're a professional fighter. You've been a professional fighter for quite some time. You had to face lefties uh, in your career, both in the amateurs. You're a gold, you're uh, a Olympic gold medalist, so in the amateurs, and I'm sure you face lefties as a professional as well. What does him having to be a lefty have to do with anything? I, I mean, what you didn't know he was a lefty before you all fought, and he just he just came in. Oh my goodness, I was training for a, a conventional fighter this whole time, you know, and now I'm dealing with a softball. What do I do? Yet, yet another uh, Nigerian <laughs> making some questionable statements just before the fight. My question for AJ is: Have you had enough time? to really prepare for this fight that's the question he has a brand new trainer which people said he needed after the first loss to Ruiz we saw in his fight with Ruiz he came in totally different and he was able to dominate as we thought he was going to do anyway against a late notice replacement in Madison Square Garden so seeing how he bounces back that's going to be that that's really the question to ask that along with the fact that Usyk is fighting much heavier or at least he looks to be much heavier than he's ever fought at before how does that impact things and I think we kind of touched on this before yeah the heavier you are generally the slower you are which is what gave him the great advantage against Joshua the first time I, I don't know where Joshua is weight-wise. Haven't really seen too much about that. I know for that Ruiz fight, he came in much lighter. And I suspect that he's going to do that again for this fight because he'll need that mobility in order to fight the whole time. Th those are the, the big questions that will be answered on Saturday as that fight takes place. Now, what was your second question? Um, Now, it I can't remember the second question, but the one the one thing I will say is that Joshua did acknowledge. Um, he said, you know, I need adjustments to deal with the softball because to me, the lefties bring me nightmares. Um, Tony Bello even uh, uh, went as far as to say that uh, Usyk isn't Shing, Stop I'm it. I, I, and I heard it, but I wasn't going to, you know what? Whatever, I don't even care. You got to see me, sir. Um, oh, okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to come to your town. I wanna, uh, I wanna to, to fight you. You've been working for everything uh, that I have, Conor McGregor. You're trying to take it. 
Absolutely no. not. I'm, I'm more of a clever lane. Um, he said he's the most difficult man to face in boxing, and and pound for pound, is the number one boxer in the world. So, I mean, it, it, he does. It, it is acknowledged that he has struggled with it, um, but I, I don't think that's something that I would have shared. That I would have smoked him because it, it's almost kind of like, well, you know, if, maybe if you would have been a little bit more aggressive, sir, you would have had a fighting chance. But maybe that's just me. Well, well when you're aggressive and it changes your whole world it kind of gives you reason for balls uh in, in doing so uh he because he still even when he fought uh ruiz the second time and was walking him all over the ring you have not seen that level of aggression in joshua since he lost now granted him changing camps was to help with reigniting that fire mm-hmm. we uh you know, we, we will see when they step through the uh, rings into, I mean, in, step through the ropes into the square circle. Well, you know, I, I, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I would love to see a more aggressive Joshua. Um, how that will play out, especially, with, I mean, Usyk hasn't really been known as being a big puncher, per se. Um, you know, but he was catching Joshua so clean and Joshua's uh, chin is not known for being the best you know so there, there's that um, yeah so we, we'll, we'll see we shall see <laughs> okay well I mean it's definitely going to be a, a great fight and, and based off everything we talked about today it's going to be an amazing weekend for combat sports in general uh, ladies and gentlemen we're giving you all that we can this week we hope that we've set you up for an amazing time for you to sit on the couch and watch people beat each other's faces. <laughs> you can make sure to always also catch us uh, on the Fight Night updates. Um, that's going to be on MTMV Live on Saturdays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, my name is Wilders. Um, I've been called the Butcher. I've been called the Bully. Um, but I'm constantly called Hanson. It's me <laughs> with the man, the myth, the legend, the voice. Let's give us your last thoughts and take us out, sir. Hey, well, this is the big fight weekend. You don't have many other weekends where there are so many different good, high-quality fights going on, including a fight, or I should say excluding a fight that we lost uh, between Figueroa and Broner. I do want to say that I commend Broner for doing what he's doing. I mean, if you follow his career, you know that mentally he struggles. You know that he's been struggling for a while. I mean, the, just the things that he's gotten in trouble for. It's like, dude, for real, you did for real. You did that, and you did that in pu- public. And you thought that was okay. You thought you was gonna be able to get away with this when you got these other cases. Like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with him is his mental health. And again, I applaud him for doing this. And I want to applaud the the person who really paved the way for fighters to say, I'm not I'm not quite there, I'm not ready. And or I should say most recently has. Uh, and that would be Ryan Garcia. Now, the first person to say it was uh Tyson Fury. Mm. You know, he now he stopped fighting or whatever. He didn't say it was for mental health until after the fact. Whereas, and that's why I give Ryan his props. You know, you got this fight set up. You're supposed to fight, and you say, "No, wait a minute. 
I'm not right and I'm not going to fight not being right. Because we've seen this over the years happen. And we want to act like like fighters don't have mental health issues. Did we not see Oliver McCall have a breakdown, crying in the corner, unable to do anything? Yes, we did. Was that his mental health? Absolutely. We know he was. You know, oh, he, he, he cracked up. He lost in the ring. Right. That means he shouldn't have been in the ring. That means that he should have been taking care of that. Andrew Galata, another prime example. You are winning the fight, sir. Both times. Why are you sabotaging yourself by hitting below the belt? You don't even need to do that. You're winning. What is wrong with you? Something is wrong with this mental health. Mike Tyson, you biting people in the ring and talking about some, you know, my kids can't look in my face. Boy, you got a scratch on your face. What are you talking about? And then talking about eating children uh, in the press conference with Lennox Lewis. Something's not right. It's obvious something's not right. But in sports in general, and specifically within uh, the fight sports arena, we just continue to push these people out there. Oh, no, no, it's okay. You know, you got to be a little little uh, touch to fight. Okay, whatever. But if someone is saying, I'm not right, they need to take care of themselves. So salute to Adrian Broner for doing something right <laughs> for uh, for once in recent history. I applaud you for that, sir. I pray that you get well so that you can be the best you possible. As he said, he may not fight anymore. He doesn't know whether he does or does not fight. Really doesn't matter if you don't have your mind. If everything else on my body goes, uh, if I... <laughs> If I break down like Kamaru Usman's body is breaking down, I pray that as long as I live, I have my mind. Because without it, yeah, you, you really don't have much. Wow. That seems like the perfect place to end an amazing episode. Which I feel like that probably should have been a timeout. That was, that was amazing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another amazing show. I thank you for joining us live um, up for our shenanigans, me uh, butchering the English language and the voice constantly slandering me. Uh, make sure to join us again uh, next week and also make sure to tune in to our other shows. Um, uh, we also have, you know, the amazing uh, MTMV Live. Uh, we got uh, Not the Same Sportscast. We got uh, Full 94. Um, you know, we got some amazing things uh, here on the network. So, Definitely make sure that you like, subscribe, and make sure you share with your people. This is Wilders. This is The Voice. We out. One last thing before we go. Go to ozellbrand.com. That's O-Z-E-L-L.com to see all these phenomenal shoes. I'm just waiting uh, for, for things to drop. I'm, I'm buying about three, four pair <laughs> when they drop. I mean, they're phenomenal. Have you seen... The, the, uh, have, have, have you seen the site? No, I've seen I've seen the site, and and you know, at at thirty eight, I'm gonna make sure I get me some, but it's probably gonna be for walking because I'm I'm too for that. My my body's not going. That. I got sciatica, big dog. You know what I'm saying? Well, look, I, I'm gonna be walking too, styling and profiling uh, as I walk that out. Woo! Looking good. I the, the the midnights got my name written all over them. And I'm getting some cleats for my uh, for one of my my boys, 
are getting the red and gold ones for the other yeah it, it's on as soon as i can get them don't 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 do the woo thing though so just do oh, that, that that's rude though nah nah i don't need nah nah big dog let's let's, let's call it audible on that let's call it audible. okay well, well let, let me just say that uh one of the closings used to be woo man and, and that's been uh that's been one of one of my signatures for quite some time it sounds like copyright infringement but you know what do you think ladies and gentlemen <laughs> thank you for another amazing show um man thank you for joining us thank you for being a part of this uh probably the best job on earth uh voice go ahead and give us your last word sir for all of you who like to see people throw them blows and elbows kicking people with their toes however things go until next time fight the good fight Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.